Kim, thank you so much for your service. We really appreciate that. We have quite a few new and newish worship team members on this morning. Can we please just uh, give them a clap to say thank you? France, however, has been there for about 25 years. <laughs> yes, France. You're an anointed worship leader, France. It's awesome to worship with you. How wonderful it is that Jesus refers to us as his bride and his own body. Most intimate concepts that we know. My own body... And my bride. That's what he calls us. How much you think he loves us. Corporately. If that's what he calls us. He makes us a part of who he is. What happens when we, when we get married as well. Saibrant and Sibo. Saibrant and Sibo is in the house. you could give me a moment, maybe I should say this. Um, while all these ra- r- racial tensions were going on in Stellenbosch, um, in Stellenbosch, on a wine estate, Zebrant and Siebel got married. A princess from Zim, a real princess from Zim, and a prince... From the West Coast. And how beautiful in the spirit was that. That there could be a celebration of that in Stellenbosch. While things are going on. It was an honor to be there. And it was wonderful. Your lives are prophetic and your wedding was as well. Thank you that we could have been a part of it. Um. His bride and his body. And then the question is, if we are to have the mind of Christ, then what is our mind towards the church? His bride and his body. Do we love it the same way? So when we do, many things would start to click. Sometimes we don't love it that much because it hurts. Sometimes we don't love it that much because it's broken just like me. Yet he does, even though it is broken. He loves us. We know love because he died for us while we were yet sinners. And he invites us to the same. The church will be messy because I am here. But Jesus loves it. And if we align our hearts and minds to that, then um, I believe he opens it up to us in a new beautiful way. I hope that many of you watched my uh, the, uh, the teaching I shared on the group or with the small groups this week in preparation for this, but it was just a nice teaching on the theology of what church is um, and also a few exp- 
explorations through that. I would encourage you to watch that if you haven't. So I'm going to continue from there this morning in a way. Um, the Ecclesia then just very briefly is the word for church. The word church is an unfortunate one really, but it's the one we have. Um, the word Ecclesia didn't mean a... We understand the church means the um, people, but the buildings are also called churches, right? If you see a nice little church in um, Munich, Germany, you call it a church because it is what it is. That's the word we have for it. Yet the word ecclesia that was used in scripture didn't refer to a building at all, but only to the collective of the saints in a local area and their gathering. The gathering is an ecclesia and the collective of the saints is an ecclesia. That's what an ecclesia is. Um, would you like to align your heart to love the church as much as Jesus does. I believe it's a, a key ingredient to our spiritual growth. It's also, it also forms part of this prophetic word that we used to un, unpack Sabbath as well the other day. God's ancient, ancient paths. I told you it was a prophetic word by the leader of our movement a while back. We read in Jeremiah 6 verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord says uh, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. If we find the ancient paths, the way God designed life to be, we'll find rest for our souls. And when we find rest for our souls, it's shalom that enters us. When we have shalom, that is the kingdom of God that's manifesting inside of you. And when you have it, you can extend it. So it's not a selfish thing only to say I want rest for my soul. It is the advance of the kingdom of God over the, over the whole earth. It's that you would find shalom. And to find that, we have to ask for the, the ancient paths, the way God set things up. We look at resting, Sabbath rest as one of those. And today I want to look at another one called the church. We were called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. Out of darkness into marvelous light. We were called to something. We were called to him and he is the head of the church. We are saved into a family called the church. It's part of our inheritance. But many, as it always was and always will be, even though these ancient paths are there where we'll find rest for our souls and the advance of the kingdom of God through it, we look at it and say, we will not walk in it. That's the human condition. That's the Israelite's condition. That's our condition. We should always come to this place. We say, oh God, but I repent of that and say yes to your ancient, ancient paths where there's rest for my soul and the advance of the kingdom of God, saying yes to the ancient paths. You're saying yes to the ancient paths. I am. All right, so I'll, anyone else? Maybe. John Rhee, I saw John Rhee. Thank you, Anya. Okay. I always preach at the Scott, though, because they, they always give me the nods and the amens. And, um, yeah. Anyone else? Ancient paths? Yeah. Here we go. Okay, I've got a crowd. 
Do we going with the Scots? Jy sal nie Scott vrijdag van afkom nie. Church and our calling to be a part of it is one of these ancient paths. That's all I wanted to say right here. Okay? But I want to warm your heart around this concept of searching for His ways as a way to find life. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 12 to 16. I'm only going to read certain um, parts of it. Um, And then we're going to explore it a bit. Just as a just as our own bodies, one might say, though one has many different parts, muscles, toes, eyes, nose. But all its many parts form one body, and so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body. Are you a whole on your own? What does the world say? But are you a whole member? Yes. But I cannot be a whole on my own. I've tried to be the full fivefold ministry. I can't be. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. You can't escape this. God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Will you accept that? If they were all one Part, where would be the body? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, Franz. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think less honorable, we treat with special honor. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now I want to put before you, this is not the way it should be as it's often preached. It is the way that it is. It's not said it should be like this. It is like this. We are suffering if you are suffering. I might not directly equate my suffering to yours, but if I don't know about yours, then it's impacting me in a way I don't know because you're not being the you're not being the muscle you're called to be right now. And I'm somehow limping. I don't understand why. I believe that's the way, that's, I just think that's the way life is. But actually, it's because you're hurting. You're not working, or you're not hurting. You're just somewhere else. You're just muscling on your own. You know. <laughs> Let's work through it in a little bit more detail. The first part again. We were all baptized by one spirit as to form 
one body. Now, since you're just a member, it might seem like it diminishes who you thought you were. Just a small part. (laughs) And not the whole unit on your own. The world tells us differently. But let's be honest, we aren't everything. We we cannot be everything. If we look at our at our state, at our, at our gifts, at the way we operate, I am only a part. It is true that I am not everything. But it makes it feel smaller, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just a part. And our Western culture doesn't like this because I'm more, I'm whole, I'm on my own, I'm an individual that can change the world on my own. And somehow in the church also we only sign up for a calling if we believe that this is going to somehow change the world. I am going to change. I'm not going to die without a legacy that changed the world. It's arrogant fluff. If we would come together, we would be able to change the world. And God would be glorified. Because who would get the glory when you change the world? Definitely not God. But realizing that you're not a whole on your own, but a part of a whole is critical in your faith journey. And when we grasp this, it actually increases, listen, it it increases your view of your value. Because if you were a whole on your own, you could argue that uh, no one would notice if I'm not here because I'm a whole separated from other wholes. I have no real function. It's nice if I'm there. If I'm not there, I'm not there. If I'm not being there or playing my part, it doesn't matter. Many of us think this way. Who, would, who cares if I'm at church or not? It's good for me to come to church, but sometimes it's better for me not to come to church, so then I don't. But the body suffers. But if you see yourself as a part, then you don't, do, you don't serve because it's good for you. Only it is. But you realize that you, you, there's a need for your service. And you need to be served by others. That's what you realize when you realize I'm not a whole. I need to be served by others. And I need to serve others. That needs to be served by me. And then we've, we have a need to be needed. And this in the body of Christ, this need is met. It's a valid need. And you are needed. And you do need. We often want to say, all I need is God. That depends what you mean. Because it might be very untrue. Because he says he supplies all our needs. Yes, he's the one that if we have him and we receive what he gives, then we'll be fine. But we can't have him alone and say, I don't want what you give and said I need. And he says we need each other. He says we need church. As we need food. We need this. We can't separate it from him and say, oh, I only want you, Lord. If in a Western mindset we think that we can exclude that. In, in, a, in a more African mindset, you, you, you more often have people coming together and each one feel, I'm so negligible. Because we are a whole. In the African concept, we are a whole. This is easy to grasp. But 
but it's easy then to feel sometimes I'm not that important. It's the leaders that are important. I'm just there, you know. But I'll be there because we are a whole. And so our value can get lost in the fact that we don't think we have value because we're lost in the crowd. But in the Western way, each of us wants to be a crowd on our own. That's our sin. And both of those lead you to the same place. Not really fulfilling your part in his body. In his way. How would the, how, how would the body suffer if it's a God-ordained members are not functioning? Imagine you have a few muscles, toes, and an eye that just stops functioning right now. Would you go to work tomorrow? You wouldn't do anything. You would phone a lot of people. There's some doctors. You can phone them. <laughs> okay? You, you'd make a plan immediately. <laughs> so critical is your service to the body of Christ. Next slide, if, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Now, this could either be because um, you feel that you are too different or you're looking for an excuse. But a lot of people say, well, I don't fit the church box. You know, if you, you might feel that you don't fit the church box. I want to say to you, if that's you, we need you more than we, we need you so much. We need those who feel they don't fit the church box so much. Because you've got what we don't have. That's why you don't fit in the box. Okay? And that's, that's scary to now bring your gift to the table. What if it's, it's going to get you know, kicked off? What if I come to the elders and tell them, I think I would love to bring this to the table. And we're like, no, we don't do this. It doesn't fit the box. <laughs> Yet, if we would do that, then God will deal with us. But it's still your role to fulfill your mandate. Okay? You're needed. Lots of lies from the enemy that says, ah, oh, you're a hand. You're not a hand, you're just a foot. You're not an eye, you're just an ear. And somehow we think the ear doesn't belong. Next slide. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I need Leon. I need Evaldi. I need Diodene. <laughs> I need Arnu. Look at your neighbor and say, if you are married, you can say, I need you, oh baby, oh baby. If, if you aren't married, you can say, I need you. How did it go, marriage? Was it good? Say, Brandt. We need each other, guys. Can we? I, I, I wish I can. I can tie it to our hearts. I'm. I'm not a whole. I'm in need of others. I'm in need of the body. 
when the body is well, its members are well. When each member plays its part, the body is well. Now, it will never be like this until that day. It will never fully be like this. We will always have a little bit of a limp. Maybe that's why the Lord knocked Israel's hip to say, my people will always have a limp. <laughs> okay? No, when you come to Christ, when you come to the church, it's not a perfect church. Red Harbor, that's across the road, their slogan is, a perfect place for imperfect people. I want to say we're not a perfect place for imperfect people even. Maybe they're a little bit better like catering for imperfect people. <laughs> I don't do that well. <laughs> but that's what it will be. But, but, but if because of its brokenness, you withdraw from it, it gets broken more. And we're living for God's glory. Whether we suffer here for a little bit. And yet when a big portion of the church is actually doing their part, like is the case to a large extent in this congregation, And especially when you are playing your part, the fulfillment starts to increase greatly. Is that so? Isn't that so? So, what constitutes a church? I think it's important to say this because um, people get stuck in a few things that they call church that isn't what is meant by church. So when we read about the gifts that minister to each other in church, Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, it's always within the context of a local church. That's what we're talking about. Yes, there is a universal church. The big body of Christ. Yes. But you can't get stuck in the universal church because that leaves you without all the functions of biblical church, which is only found in local church. And it's an impersonal, cold, unaccountable structure that a lot of Christians ascribe to and say, I'm part of the church. So I'm not in, in, I'm not in a church. It's a false teaching. Okay. We are part of it, but being, being stuck in it is detrimental to our, our faith. That's why online church is a big issue. It's an it's a, a, a issue. Sorry, I, sometimes I stutter a bit. Um. That was the worst joke of the day. I'll, <laughs> I'll try not to go back. I'll try not to. <laughs> so when we speak about a church, we're speaking about a local group of believers who gathers and submits under apostolically appointed elders. Now, there's a lot there. But when a group of believers start gathering in a specific location, they start planting a church. And when they come together, when there's a habit of, of a couple of people coming together, then as we see that things 
scripture, as 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 uh, um, Titus is is already says, you must fulfill the job I gave you. Appoint elders in every town. So over all these little fellowship group, appoint elders. Appoint those who will rule over them. And there's lots to say about elders in the church, but they must be apostolically appointed. So so Paul and and Titus appointed them. They planted the churches. They appointed leaders that they saw fit the requirements. Not people who appoint themselves. That happens too much these days. Someone that's apostolically appointed as a leader over a group of, of, of... When you see that, that can be a biblical... That can be a biblical church. Which also helps us to understand why your friends, some say, oh, I've got amazing friends. And they are like my, they're my church. They are my family. I'm not so connected in the local church because we've got a weird pastor, but I sometimes go. Um, And we get stuck in either our small groups or friendship circles and we say, oh, it's my church. It's like an arm saying I am a body. Are you hearing that? An arm is not a body. So, we celebrate the universal church and we, 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 it's awesome that we are part of it. And sometimes when we do things like convergence or like a bigger conferences, we get the sense of the awe that that represents. But then we go back and we stay slotted into a local church. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, where it speaks to that place. And we submit there fully. And we also gather with our friends and small groups from house to house. In the early church, there was a habit of gathering from house to house and temple. Small groups, big groups. House and big. House and big. That's, that's the rhythm. So it's a part of it. But on its own, it isn't church. And it's something I hear very often. You know? But this is also church. It is a part of church. But only being in a small group means you're not part of the church. Are you with me? And there's a special anointing when we come together as a whole church. So don't get stuck in the universal church. And please get stuck in your small groups, but don't only get stuck in your small groups. Be a part of what's going on. Now, the, that's what a church is. Are you a member Now, a member has got things to do, but before it's got things to do, it is an identity thing that I want you to grasp. You are a member. Like Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You cannot decide to not be a light of the world. You can hide the light, but you cannot not be a light. You are a light to the world in the same way you are are a member. You're a little muscle. You're a a little pinky. And many little pinkies are hopping around everywhere on their own. (laughs) It's spiritual suicide. I mean, just think about how long can a little pinky hop around on its own before it's all over? (laughs) You are a member. 
Now, the things we are, we should give expression to, because then we walk in what we are called to walk in. And walking in this, being a member, accepting my identity of being a member and walking in it, that's part of God's ancient path. And the easy way is you commit fully to a local, to a, a local church, a, a biblical church, and you make it known that you are a member there. There's a lot of lot of lot of Christians, and I'm preaching to the um, choir. But um, I have to, we have to preach into these things because all the more the church is globalizing, as the world's globalizing, and people are pulling out of relationship, out of the local, out of the messy, into the superficial, online distanced. It's spiritual suicide. Can I tell you that? It's very serious. It's not a small matter. Unplugged from church, you will die spiritually. Use, if you don't believe me, just think of you. You are a body part. You can't function. You can't say you don't need anyone. And he has positioned you in a local congregation. For most of you, it is this congregation. But for some of you in your heart, you'd also have to make that decision. Say, where am I living out my being a member? And a side note, I would also really like to know because uh, Scripture says that we have to give an account. Leaders have to give an account. We'll have to give an account one day. So I'd like to know whether you're actually a member or not, because then that would determine whether we spend a lot of time and energy. And then one day God doesn't ask me about someone. I'm like, but why? We spend so much time and energy here, but they were not in your church. They, they never wanted to be, but they were there. They were hanging around. And I want to like, pull all of us out of ever hanging around into being planted wherever that should be. I want to link church and your calling. That's another thing that's important. My ministry is in the workplace. My ministry is at the NGO where I'm at. So I can't serve at church. Now, if you would be working, let's say you are like low, you're a developer, you're a software developer. That's all he does the whole day. And so, what would happen if he gets a massive cramp in his leg? What would happen? What would his hand do? What would his hand do? (laughs) Something like that. Would it continue working? There's no way. If there's a fly in your eye, do you just ignore it and continue with your ministry to the whoever? You don't. You can't. There's a fly in my eye. 
I can't see. Like, everything needs to stop right now. I need to get this thing out. And the same it is with us. Your first call is to the body. It cannot be otherwise. Because the call of the body collectively is what will impact the world, not yours. Yes, yours is very important and special and all that stuff. But as a collective, it's going to change the world. And so if the collective is not functioning like a, but you've got too much to do to attend to the eye that cannot see it, meaning the body is going to walk into walls, but the pinkies that's cut off is going to the same thing we do every day, Pinky. <laughs> that was a better joke. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, Let us do good to all people. So, low code, design wonderful apps. Do good to all people. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What apps are you developing for us, Low? I'm just joking. That was just. I would take this serious if I, if I don't say. <laughs> but do you understand the metaphor? That we, our first call has to be to each other. So what's your role? What 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 function do you play in your local church to be that to each other? And once again, I want to say, when you now say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I don't know how. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I should be doing. But I'm going to somehow make contact with Juliet and say, I want to serve somewhere and do. What can I do? Where can I, where can I be involved? And you step out there and then you arrive at your first connect group meeting. And they just ignore the fact that you're new. They just somehow forget to like, train you. You get put on the roster and then you rock up here and then I'm up slightly upset. You can see I'm slightly upset because you just let all the new people walk by and you don't even like greet them, but you were never trained. And then I go to you and say, would you please just smile at the new people? And you're like, I'm going to throw my toys out of a cot. I'm giving my precious time and this is what I get. It might happen. Oh, who has had an experience like that in church? No, none of you. Fantastic. So for anyone that's new, can you see that we are a pretty fantastic church? <laughs> it might happen, yet you're called to fulfill that role. Yet you will grow a lot if you, st- if you stick it out. I remember when I grasped something of this, I went to, when, when I was at the previous church I was at, and I, I wasn't in ministry yet, and I was standing at the back worshiping, and I would see, while we were worshiping, people would be on their phones, or they were just standing around, and I'm like, we're in the presence of the Almighty God, and you're standing there. Now, one response can be, I cannot associate with a church like that. I want to be in a church where they recognize the presence and the glory of God. So I'll walk out of the door and go find myself a better church that's more like me, better. Or, when I, when I started to understand this, I would go into one of those back rooms and I would fall on my knees and I would weep before God and say, God, your church cannot worship like this. And we would pray and we would weep until we would see the church worship. That's a member fulfilling a function in a limping body. 
We need you. Okay. Does that make sense? Your calling is twofold. In here, out there. But if it hurts here, you're here first. The church and the kingdom. I just want to quickly say this. Because uh, sometimes we get confused between the church and the kingdom. And what is the church and what is the kingdom. And I work for the kingdom. So therefore, I'm not part of the church. You know, I do kingdom work. Um, a lot of people use that term when they've been so hurt by church, they can't stand it anymore. And then they just plug into kingdom work. The kingdom is hosted in the church. The kingdom is hosted in the ch- church. If it's not connected to ch- church, it cannot, it cannot be fully kingdom. Because that's God's design. It is the only agent that extends the kingdom is the church. Where the church fails the institution, it's still the collective of his people, the church, that does anything. That's good. Even if it's broken little parts of it, it's always the church that extends the kingdom. Nothing else, ever. So how much more would a fully functioning, healthy local church extend the kingdom of God. A lot of NGOs are formed outside of church for very good reason because the churches are not doing it. But they've got members who want to change the world and then they start NGOs outside. So partly because the church isn't keen, maybe, and partly because they want to change the world. I believe all these ministries, when the church is fully functioning, they should run all of it. Like missions organizations existed years ago. There were, there were many missions organizations because local churches didn't understand it's their work. They thought they need to look after the people locally. When you spoke missions, they were like, nah, it's not our thing. Now we understand like it's an integrated part of local church. It's missions, isn't it? I believe as we mature, as the bride of Christ matures, all the more of its functions of justice in society and these things will will be hosted and celebrated by and supported, will be supported by the church and the church will help equip for. Because the other thing is that many people out there are doing incredible kingdom work and they are members of the church, but the church doesn't even know that their members are doing that work outside because they're concerned about the courses and about the Sunday services. We're trying to not be that. But we need you also to come to the table and say, this is what I'm called for. Can you support me? Can we support you? Can you support all of us? And then, the church is the ultimate proof of kingdom success. Because whatever kingdom pursuit it is, at the end of the day, if it is successful, your, your NGO and, uh, and business thing that you set up in Iran, if it is successful in the kingdom, there would be a little church. There would be new believers gathering. That would be the fruit of a successful kingdom in Tehran. It's always the proof of this advance of the kingdom of 
God. So to close off with, wanna, we're going to do two slides. What members have at church and what members do at church. What members have is home and family. You are welcome here. You are welcome here for this, these people to be family and home. It requires of you to come to the family meals as with your own family. Is it always fantastically comfortable at your own family meals? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because family is family. You're welcome to this eternal, God-ordained family. And you're called to be in one. Fully. You are here to receive instruction and correction to live well. By the word of God and his spirit. There are members that will instruct and correct you. There are leaders that's called to instruct and correct you. The world doesn't really like this much. <laughs> Leader who corrects me. That's the way of the word. Intercession. Prayer covering. We do Pray for our members. I, I, I'm not a great prayer, but um, every Monday morning I run to um, Clifton, and then for an hour and a half I walk back and I and I pray for you. So if you want to send me words or anything or a concern, send it before Monday morning. Then it'll be higher up on the list. Okay, <laughs> but I just walk and I praise the. Sp- as the Spirit leads me. And then we've got the other elders and we've got Stefani and Ruth and our intercessors that pray. You've got care and protection. If there's needs, if there's crisis, we never want to see anyone without a home, without food. For this small congregation raised close to a million rand during lockdown, to look after the Burundi congregation. They had no other hope, no other income for three months. And they were sustained by you guys. How amazing is that? We want to be there. If you don't have, if you don't have food to eat, you don't know what's going on, you lost your job, you're in turmoil for whatever reason, you can come. And we want to be there for you. We've got nice couches at home. Um, yeah. And Alice, Alice will wake you up early on Tuesday mornings for intercession. And you get linked into kingdom partnerships and networks of other churches, NGOs, pastors. If you stick along, if you stick around long enough, you will know a lot about Shofar and about all the ministries and people and stuff and the wonderful things that they are and do and that we are with everyone that we are with so that's what I think members have what members do uh, well it depends on your function but to summarize it this is what all members scripturally are called to do are you, are you doing it now 
Now, lots of you are making notes because you need to do the right things. And that's right. But remember why. Not to please God or be accepted. But because he's inviting you unto his ancient paths. Where there's peace and the advance of the kingdom of God. And that's what you want. And because you are a member. Not because you have to do it to be one. Are you with me? So this is what we do because of what we are. We gather. Hebrews 10. It says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Sundays, Wednesdays. We don't just come when we can come. You come because it's one of the most important things you do in your week. You plan around it. You, you, you know, Godfrey Krieger there at the back, he's got a, a couple of children. When they go away for weekends, I, I found them here coming a little bit late for church. All the way from their holiday home at Betty's, they come here for service at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Who does that? Well, you usually check out at 10 or 11, and then it's too late for church, so, you know, I'll catch up later. He dr- drives through from there and attends church. He really doesn't like the fact that I just said that. But his brother made me made me swim with with crocodiles in the Zambezi, so <laughs> some way to get back. So, we gather Hebrews ten. It's a public witness of the kingdom of God. It's celebration of the fact that we are called out to be together. That's what we do. We show prophetically. We're called out of the world to be together. That's why we gather. And the presence of Jesus is very, is present in a different way. We read in the book of Acts also, they say, it's, uh, uh, um, I didn't put the scripture in, but it says something like, when you're all together and the presence of, with the presence and power of the Lord Jesus present, then do this and this. There's a special presence and power. That's why I prayed for the sick this morning when we corporately gathered. That's not there when you're on your own in your, in your quiet time. That's here. We gather. We serve. You bring your, your gift and you serve each other. I praise God we were lacking serving team members so much the last while and we started advertising it and now kids church and band and it's just, it's overflowing, um, at least kitchens and band. I know some of the others are still looking, but it was amazing to see the response and the amazing gifts we do have in our church. We also give, so read more about serving in Romans 12. Um, and we'll probably in July do a whole series on serving and all the different gifts that there are in church and help you to identify demystify and we also want to prophesy into that so we'll continue in this vein in july most likely we also give we 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 we, unfortunately we can't get away from that looking at scripture 2 corinthians 9 but we should never give forcefully we'll never ask you to give a um, tithe with your name linked to it and no one will ever phone you if you don't it's between you and it's between you and God. 
But if you do not, the church suffers because it cannot, it, can, it cannot do what it's called to do. And that's the way the church works. Um, it's a model that we use, that we get from Scripture, and without it we can't do what we do. But there's a more teaching on that. I think I gave some of the teachings. You can go look at it on our YouTube ch channel. But giving is a primary part of being a member. Submitting to the leaders and building with us. Now, submission is often seen as a very harsh word, but it's an attitude of your heart. It's a certain softness and submission to. It's not a submit or else. <laughs> it's a certain attitude of the heart, understanding that the leaders in the congregation have delegated authority from God because they were apostolically appointed and not self-appointed. Um, and therefore, we submit our hearts to them and build with them. And then to disciple, to invest in relationships up and down. Who are you discipling and who's discipling you? Who are you, who are you in relationship with intentionally? Discipling you? And who are you discipling? I've asked the elders this last week. I asked them to, that we should have a conversation of who is discipling each of us. Because, um, uh, and then Lisa read, who is disciplining us? So she had a conversation with Wilhelm on, like, how should we answer this question? And should we have someone in our lives that continually discipline us? What's the other up to? Um, Anyway, you are called to make disciples of all nations. Okay. Can we have the band up, please? And then we're going to do some ministry. And somebody can switch the lights. I want you all to stand with us as we just uh, come and respond response and um, we believe that we respond in church in times like this because there is a special anointing a special power of God that's present when his church are gathered together that's why we don't only want to walk out and say, oh, I'll deal with it once I'm home. Chances are you won't. And B, there's, a, there's something special here that can break yokes and can set us free into what He has called us for. So there might be some of us that's been hurt in church and that needs healing. I've been bitten been through this this is not nice i've been hurt i'm kind of skeptical and i'm kind of i'm kind of scared i understand that i've been hurt by ch church a lot everything and anything in life i give myself to fully i will be hurt but god calls us to walk through that and he says he's our healer i want to pray for you and some leaders can 
pray with you this morning. If you need healing because of hurt. If you realize this morning that you've been floating around, like, ah, I attained this and that, I'm here, but I'm not committed in my heart. I'm not committed in my heart. When I hear this man preach, I haven't decided in my heart that that's, that that's a church leader that I'm submitted under. And I'm in this church and I'll serve and bring my gift. And you know you have to. And you know you're called to. Don't float around. We need you. And you need it. And then if you are a part of us, but you just know you haven't been functioning fully, maybe because you believe that you are um, ministering at work and therefore you have no function at the church and that might be your role in life, but now you realize that you actually have a primary calling to the church, a primary mandate to the church, and you're like, oh man, I need to just realign with this. I want to pray for you this morning. We're going to pray for you this morning. So, um, elders, small group leaders, would you please come to the front? And also, if you've got any other needs, we're going to worship. The rest of us, we're going to worship, and uh, then we'll be ministering to each other here in the front. Is there anyone that needs to respond to any one of these three? Can you raise your hand? All right, so we would, and as we worship and you realize this, you can come to the front as well. We have elders and small group leaders here. And as we worship, I want you, if you raise your hand, come to the front. Um, and one of us will pray with you. The rest of us, let's do one of the most amazing things we can do on earth. Let's worship God.